0: Hi, and welcome to episode 57 of the Canny Conversations podcast, powered by The Pathway Group. My name's Mark Wakeley, one of the team who bring you these podcasts that we hope inform and inspire you, giving you an insight into the world of The Pathway Group. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you there are 56 episodes out there, and you can listen to all the past episodes by searching for Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform, or go to 1386audio.com forward slash. Have a listen. The main person behind Canny Conversations is Saf Razali. Saf set himself up as a social entrepreneur over 22 years ago. Being raised in Birmingham's Alum Rock, his early life and experience gave him an insight into the life and needs of an inner city community, which is at the core of his passion for improving the lives of people through education, training and apprenticeships. In this week's episode, we take another look back at some of the topics we've covered in the latest series of Canny Conversations. This time, we look at the episodes entitled Strategic Overview, Changes Changed Part 1, Changes Changed Part 2, and Lean, Agile, and Responsive. We've taken the important elements of these subjects and brought them down into a selection of bullet points for you to easily digest and guide you to the expanded versions in the relevant episodes. In the first section, SAF demonstrates how the company's mission, changing lives through skills, along with their core values, underpins their strategy. This builds on previous episodes, but in itself provides valuable insight into how a business develops a strategy for success.
1: We're going to talk about strategic aims or strategic overview. And we've got five key areas in this business that we've identified are uh, absolutely vital curriculum, compliance, people, sustainability and quality. As you know, our vision as an organisation is changing lives through skills and work. So let's talk about curriculum first. We're talking about developing a curriculum offer to address the skills need of the local and regional community. Provide enrichment opportunities to our learners to aid uh, what is known as cultural capital. We understand that fact, we're working in a compliance uh, universe. You know, we deal with public funds. You know, we're not a public funding or a funded organization, but we are an organization that is in receive of public funds. We've got our duties to ensure the fact that public funds are spent in the right way, getting it right uh, first time, having an environment where, you know, we talk about getting it right first time, on time and every time. People are, you know, at the bedrock of what we do. Yeah, our belief is that our people matter. It's often said that, you know, the biggest assets of an organization are people. And we want to utilize the fact that we've got staff which are hopefully motivated, which are staff which are continuously growing, which are staff that are engaged, which are developing. The next uh, key area for us is about sustainability. When we're talking about sustainability, we're talking about a green and sustainability ambition that we have, a sustainability with regard to our income uh, base, our income uh, resources, and ensuring the fact that we have a diverse sources of funding, diverse sources of income. In terms of uh, sustainability with regard to The environment, you know, we are looking to achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2030. Us as a profit for purpose business, you know, we need to be able to understand and and work through United Nations global goals, sustainable global goals, and be in a position where we're sort of uh, reinvesting and having impact in terms of what we do. We spoke about quality before. It is a core value that we have. And, you know, it's ensuring the fact that we, as an organization, understand our relationship with that word as well, firstly, in terms of what that means, and have some ownership over quality. But as an organization, we want to be delivering excellence in terms of our experience for our learners, delivering excellence with regard to the experience that our businesses have with us in terms of working with us, and ensuring the fact that the staff that we have our our employees are proud of what we deliver and continuously looking to uh, have that relentless, robust focus to improve. We want to deliver, we aim to deliver the highest quality provision that we can for our learners, for our staff, for our stakeholders. We're in a world where change has changed. Uh, There's a quotation that I often use, which is uh, Alvin Toffler, who's a futurist, and he talks about the illiterate of the 21st century are not people or not individuals who cannot read or write, but individuals who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. You know what defines, you know, in my view, a successful provider. And I think it's a continuous journey. You know, and what, you know what that looks like is governance, good practice. Uh, it means you know understanding your financials, a costed uh, sort of model, understanding what's going on at the front line. Or call face or chalk face, as sometimes you know we, we refer to, is having employers that you can actually service. You can have employers that you can get them to buy more, buy more often, and then individuals that you can upsell, cross sell to. It's having that relentless focus on teaching, learning, relentless focus on outcomes, achievements, and and, and supporting your individual learners, supporting your staff, supporting your outcomes.
0: In this second part, we look at how change has changed. SAF discusses how it feeds into quality opportunities and competitiveness, along with the key roles of people in making change happen. The insights change brings are fundamental to the success and outlines the signs of a successful business strong governance, financial control, a clear view on what's happening on the front line, valuing customers as partners, and moving beyond the transactional relationship
1: we're going to talk a little bit about uh, change and it's a topic that we all have been hearing a lot about particularly in the last few years. The reason why we're talking about change is because change has changed. So one of our pillars in our three pillars of sustainable growth is mindset and a lot of this is about our approach to uh, learning, our approach to do things and our approach to how we deal with difficulties, how we deal with obstacles, how uh, adaptable we are and how resilient we are. We live in a world where we've got to be adaptable, we've got to be in a position where we stay relevant and part of that is our approach to learning things and also our approach to this thing called experience and sometimes experience is, you know, many times experience is used in a positive sense but experience of what you've seen in the past, what has happened may be an obstacle now for you're adapting and moving forward as well. All of us, to a certain level, need to know the detail, need to understand uh, the nitty gritty as such. They, you know, have a microscope perspective to certain things, and as well as the bigger picture, you know, the telescope perspective, being able to see the macro macro view. You know, we regard ourselves as lean, agile, and responsive, but also at the same time, uh, an organisation that is consistent in its approach and consistency is king. One of our strengths in terms of when we're looking at uh, some element of reflective practice and looking at where we are and what our current position is, you know, we identify a strength, an internal strength is our team. And people talk about people as assets. People often talk about, you know, the biggest biggest asset to a business is their people. But in reality, in some certain businesses, it may not be depends on the business that it has. In certain businesses, it may be a differentiator, but it may not be the be all end all. In our business, it is absolutely the case. For us, it's very, very key because it's through our people that we are changing these lives. It's through our people that we are making a difference. It's through our people that we are we are moving ahead and making the impact and the outcomes that we are. So key Members, key team members is an absolute uh, asset for us, it's an absolute strength for us. Another one of our key strengths is our brand, our branding and our awareness that people hopefully recognise the pathway group name, recognise the brands that we have, the sub-brands that we've created, there's an awareness of what we've got. People are engaged with our brands, they have that recognition. They understand why our brand stands for, what it means. We're very much about individuals standing out and creating uh, their own personal brand. Uh, if they've already have that, then you know it's about cultivating, encouraging that further and not being in a position where we're worried about somebody's own personal brand as long as they're acting in the best interests of the organization as a whole, then it's a real win-win. So talking about customers, we have a good customer engagement, we have a good customer track record. Again, I would say that's one of our strengths. We deliver a fair amount of work in the London area, GLA area, we do deliver a fair amount of work in West Yorkshire, Greater Manchester, Stoke-on-Trent, and obviously the West Midlands area. And each one of these are communities which are very close to us. Each one of these are communities that you know we feel that we can make a difference and each one of these we hope those communities, those organizations that are there, the customers, the employers, the individual learners, our, our staff recognize and feel the fact that we're part of that community as well. Despite the fact that we put a lot of effort in terms of communicating the messages that we have, communicating across the business, in terms of the you know all staff meetings, getting our communication across in all all, all spectrums. We have a newsletter, we have Pathway update, uh, an email that goes out. And we have regular sort of uh, huddles and and, and communication that's going out, as well as the internal platform Teams, Microsoft Teams. We also have our Pathway Direct. We have many other instruments, the SharePoint that we use in terms of getting messages across. Sometimes communication still can be a little bit of lag. People might not fully appreciate where we are or some of the messages are not getting to the people. We're, We're trying to improve Um, our communication and regard that as an area where we can improve it. And we recognise that we've done a fair amount, but we can still do a lot more. One of our three pillars of sustainable growth is systems and processes, where we want to make sure the fact that we are very much system and process driven, but the systems and processes need to be Fit for purpose, you know. It needs to go back to our lean, agile, responsive. It needs to be fit for purpose, uh, not for the sake of doing things, but because we are in a compliant world. We are. We live in a world where our processes need to be need to be robust. Another opportunity for us is potentially uh, offering new products or services or creating new products and services. So you know, we we need to be in a position where we actually listen to our stakeholders. We listen to the the customers that we're working with. We understand. Uh, where the sector is we understand where our other competitors are and through the insights that we pick up we build new products new services we enhance what we've got and and it's only through this that we ensure the fact that we remain relevant you know we are continuously looking to develop our leaders and ensure the fact that you know we build that capacity we build future leaders we have that we have a program, our future leaders which is called next step as we develop our, uh, our existing leaders and managers through our engage program which stands for improve nurture uh, grow and guarantee excellence so through those sort of programs we can we can develop our people and our staff and that's a continuously evolving thing we want to make sure the fact that we are attracting retaining and growing our people we're inspiring the individuals we have got we're also uh, you know ensuring the fact that you know we are continuously In a position where people feel that they are growing as individuals so make the fact that they're making an impact they feel that they belong it's a very competitive market out there you know we've got new competition coming in coming on board we've also got a lot of collaboration going on in, in the marketplace we've got organizations connecting together working together we've got organizations also looking for any competitive advantage that they can get you know we can easily find out Information, public information uh, on on our competitors. We can also find out, you know, a little bit more about their teams. So gone are the days when it's harder to do that. It's very easy now to actually uh, look through an organisation, get a feel for what they're about, get a feel for what their strengths, opportunities, weaknesses are. And what you're finding is that you know people were before, where they were customers, are now becoming also competitors as well. You know, so we need to be looking at that or being or being aware of that. And how do we create this Potential threat as an opportunity. We, we also work in a in an environment where you know it's a review economy. It, you know people are very comfortable to show dissatisfaction. They're very comf- comfortable at times to complain. They're very comfortable to mention things that are that they're not comfortable with. So you know you're in an environment where it's easy for somebody to raise concerns, and we've got to see that as a as an opportunity for us to learn as an opportunity for us to develop so this threat the threats that we have in how do we turn them into opportunities and how do we make some of those things which are can be seen as threats as potentially user them in a way where they they become strengths for us as well best practice and governance so governance isn't just about you know governors or non-executive directors at the top uh, of the organization challenging the uh, the c-level people it's governance that's threaded throughout the organization in terms of uh, every aspect of it. Yeah. So another uh, area which I would say is important for for successful providers or is sometimes seen as, as a key ingredient for a successful provider is uh, providers that have got their finances, financials in place. And it's only because of that commercial acumen, it's all, only because of that commercial savviness can they carry on uh, doing the work that they can carry on. Another trait of a, of a successful organization is having customers, uh, retaining those customers, ensuring the fact that those customers are valued, ensuring the customers are given the best service that they can, ensuring the customers are feeling the fact that they are, a stake, are stakeholders within the organization. The customers feel that it's a partnership, you know, it's not just a transactional supplier uh, type relationship, this is more than that. I think it's a lot of it's about robustness in terms of the management processes that we have, uh, the support mechanisms that we have. The you know, finance needs to be strong. You know, I'm talking about finance in terms of internally accounts team. The accounts team needs to be strong. The HR team, the MIS team, the IT team. So these are all support mechanisms uh, for the business. So these are, in my eyes, some of the ingredients for a successful provider, ingredients for a successful business. Uh, and another area that I would say, you know, or trait that I've seen is that people are not changing with the times. The whole thing we're talking about is change has changed and it's staying relevant. You've got people, organisations that, you know, are living slightly in their past glory, living on past sort of wins and also living on past experiences. And what you've got then is, you know, they're not fully understanding, not fully aware of the the changing times, they're not fully aware of things that they need to change to remain competitive, to remain relevant, to remain fit for purpose. We need to be flexible as well. So if you're too rigid, that can lead to missing opportunities. It's having uh, a vision, uh, understanding where you're going, but also at the same time being opportunity led, opportunity driven.
0: In this third section, we look at change has changed again. SAF explores if there is a right time for change and the challenge businesses face when they have no choice but to change. The way to manage risk, manage communications and to celebrate the journey too.
1: So this is part two of change has changed. And this is where I want to come to now in terms of sometimes you're in a position where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Sometimes people feel that there's too much change going on or you're not allowing things to settle down. Sometimes it's a case of you know people talking, talking about short-term turbulence. They talk about making decisions a little bit quickly. They talk about some attrition rates. They talk about some of the impact that some of those decisions have. And that's something where, again, it's getting that right level of balance, celebrating achievements, celebrating uh, successes. Every organization and even individuals will have a different perspective on how they celebrate achievements, how they celebrate success. If you're not ringing that deal bell, if you're not sort of broadcasting your successes, so, you know, people are going to say, well, you fail to recognize achievements. Another area, where potentially you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, is when you know you've got to look at exiting people out of the business. It's a very delicate balance to have in terms of you know how do you do this or what, what do you do? Key people within this business. Whatever your role is, you know whether you know you're part of uh, uh, the front-facing delivery team, you whether you're you're a skills coach, you're part of admin team, whether you're a tutor, whether you, you're a part of the infrastructure, of the support mechanism. You know, there's going to be individuals where they are uh, negatively affecting the culture of the organization. They're affecting the reputation of the organization. Our job, our role is to retain the culture of this organization, retain the reputation of this organization. And sometimes having people who are detrimental uh, or seen as problems within that might affect the morale of other people They may affect the working mode of uh, the team the organization will have an impact on the results of the organization and so forth and it's a clear example of where you damage if you do and you damage if you don't so it's about really getting that balance right so on the other side if you if you're a bit too slow in terms of making that move people may see that you're not decisive enough you know you tolerate poor performance how quickly you want to grow the business you know how do you solidify what you do how do you actually get best practice within the organization uh, how do you crank up the plan for higher growth how do you actually get people to rally around potentially growth how do you get into a position where you know, this high growth creates excitement how the higher you know people's expectations are are sort of raised. This is the sort of things in terms of a higher expectation of growth. You know, we want to be in a position where we want to scale up. The same way with with contracts, you know, which contracts you're going to go with, what your sort of ambition is with regard to contracts, which business strands are you going to be uh, growing, which business strands are we going to be focusing on. What we find is that with any type of change, it's going to be some element of, of fear. It's going to be some element of feeling like we're not completely in control of, you know, what we're trying to do. There's gonna be some element of why change if things aren't broken. You would only change if things aren't working. Where people perceive change as something that's there to fix certain things because it's problematic where you know usually and more and more now people are are doing change on the basis of improving and ensuring the fact that they stay relevant, ensuring they stay fit for purpose. Uh, communication is absolutely vital, Few, frequent communication, briefing the managers in appropriate time, brief, briefing our leadership in an appropriate time but at the same time yeah. you know, ensuring the fact that the information is fit for purpose, is cascaded uh, appropriately. So sometimes the message messages need to come direct from the original source or from the main source and ensure the fact that you know we all having an opportunity to actually get that same message and that same same element. Getting the balance right in terms of everything we we do is absolutely core. You know, it's not just about the change itself; it's not just about you know, in terms of what we do, but in life as well. I would say, you know, getting that perspective right, getting that balance right, is something that you we know, we need to be conscious and aware of and focus our energies on on that. We start off with the right intention. We start with the yes in mind. We start with actually doing things and this element of trust, trusting what we're about, building that trust, building that credibility, building that reputation, uh, ensuring that uh, the fact that we care, uh, ensuring the fact that we're doing these things for the right purpose.
0: In this final section, Saf explains how lean, agile, responsive and consistency supports the performance of the organization. He explores the power of learning from peers, how teams are more than just a group of people who work together, and the only three ways you have to increase sales from your customers.
1: We're going to talk about company culture or our organization culture and how we do things around here. How do we uh, stay at the forefront, and you know we believe that's about being lean, agile, responsive, and consistent as as an organisation. As I keep saying, living and breathing our core values will get us to a position where we can be lean. You know, we can be lean, agile, uh, responsive, and consistent. So if we delve a little bit deeper in terms of this lean, agile, responsive and consistent approach, we want to be in a position where, you know, we try and simplify matters as much as possible. The world of business and any organization, there's many problems Uh, there's continuous problems you know uh, it's our ability to resolve those problems to overcome those problems to learn from those problems which is a way of staying relevant or staying focused and staying consistent in our approach and it's how we deal with those problems which which is really the differentiator in many cases uh in terms of how we do things a key part of that is uh, internal challenges support that we talk about so you know we we have a culture of peer coaching, we have a culture of peer support, we have a culture of pastoral support. You know, our go-to quote for everything about teamwork and really, therefore, peer challenge and support is that we are not a team because we are working together. We are a team because we make each other better. We make each other stronger. If I go back to the three groups of people in terms of our sort of peer support and and peer learning, you know, those people that are ahead of us in a specific area, those at the same level as us, and then those people who are sort of behind us in a specific area. And for us to get that full benefit of peer support and peer challenge and supporting each other and make us better in terms of what we do, we've got to be able to understand those three types of peers uh, and have those in our midst of our uh, working relationship. The best way to learn and grow yourself is to support others you're continuously supporting others, you're continuously coaching, you're in a position, even if you're, you know, don't have the manager in your job title, you don't have the leader in your job title, if you're in that position where you're the go-to person, you know, if you can ask a question which gets that person to think, and, and changes potentially their own perspective, uh, then I think you're in that better position. You know, we all have, to a certain level, the uh, blind spots, and there's a there's an image, there's a Sort of like a diagram that we've used before in the past, which is called Juhari's Window. It's something that, that I often use uh, when I'm talking to people, and that's about you know things that are known to you, known to yourself. There's, there's certain things that are not known to you, but they are known to others. It also uh, allows you to sort of understand your sort of potential, uh, your unknown potential as well. And again, I think that's absolutely uh, vital in terms of the advantage that you have. I'm going to move a little bit on to uh, this Pareto principle, Pareto, Pareto's law. And some of some of us may have heard this 80-20 rule. So sometimes, you know, what you find is that 20% of your effort gives you 80% of your results. So 80% of your effort may only bring you 20% of the results. So it's that 80-20 rule and it's like going back to different things, you know, we may have a, sort of a wardrobe full, but there's maybe 20% of items in the wardrobe that we wear 80% of the time. So and once we get that, and once we see patterns, because again, going back to our pillars, the numbers, the data, you can start measuring. You can start seeing these things, and you know what we measure, we can improve. We can start seeing trends. We can start seeing patterns. So we talk about the customers that we have, the perfect customer. Not all customers are all right for us, and it's really is getting that position of. What are those customers which are which are right? There's going to be customers that uh, are picking the right products. There's going to be customers that uh, we've got the balance of time with them. There's only three things that we can do in terms of customer and, and customer acquisition. We can get customers to buy, actually start transacting with us. We can get customers to buy more. And so this is about volume. And you get customers to buy more often. So you get them, get customers to buy, get the customers to buy more get customers to buy more often. And I think that is an element of us as an organization becoming lean, agile, and responsive, and consistent in our approach. Thank you so much for listening again. Uh, much appreciate your time. Thank you once again.
0: If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like, review, subscribe, or follow. And please tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you'd like to know more, then go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to Saf's website, safras.co.uk. You can listen to all previous episodes by searching for Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform, or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. Safras has also written a series of easy to follow business books, Canny Bites, and these are available from cannybites.co.uk forward slash by the book. We'll be back next week with another Canny Conversations podcast, so until then, have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production.